Hello and welcome back listeners to the Uncommon Woman for an Uncommon Time podcast. Our title is inspired by a poem line written by Sister Alberta Kamek. The podcast is intended for students and community members of Mount St. Mary's University in Los Angeles. In our episodes, we share leadership lessons, stories, ideas, and hope to explore Mount Leeds, our leadership language at MSMU and the four core principles. I'm your host, Erica McKissick, third year undergraduate student and student leader at Mount St. Mary's University. I study film, media, and social justice with the intention to create media that can shift our culture. Each week, we invite a special member of our community to help us explore buzzwords, topics, or elements of Mount Leeds. Let's get started with this week's segment. Today, I have Dean Crow um, with me, and we're going to be talking about uh, justice and the greater good of our community. However, I'm going to let uh, Dr. Crow introduce herself um, and some of the things that she does on campus. Thank you, Erica. I am so glad to be here. Thank you for this invitation. Yes, my name is Laura Crow. I am the Dean of Student Life at Mount St. Mary's University. I have been, uh, my pronouns are she, her, hers. I've been at the Mount for 22 years. Um, I have served in different roles, and, but, but all of them have been um, you know, working really closely and walking along with our students. I'm also an alum of the Mount, so um, I uh, have experience with uh, you know, having had, um, been a student and also an administrator. So I am so happy to be here and share um, with you all. Awesome, awesome. So we'll just dive right into it. This topic is my favorite. I'm very passionate about the greater good. Uh, that's something that I always look at in life is not only myself, but the greater good of our community, the greater good for humanity and what that means. Um, so it's so interesting that we're having this conversation today because my mom and I were just having a discussion about this yesterday of, you know, what does it mean to, you know, be in a space where you can make a difference, but there's something there that's hindering you from making that difference. Do you go along with it or do you make your own path? So definitely would love to talk about that with you today. Um, but my first question for you is, can you share with me the importance of showing concern for the greater good and justice? Absolutely, yes. Um, it's so important as just a human being, a member of a uh, you know, wonderful community like Mount St. Mary's um, to uh, always be um, you know, looking for the greater good of everyone. Um, I think in a, a time like today that you know we're we're um, all struggling um, in many different capacities in our lives. Sometimes uh, you know hard to be looking at um, others and how our words impact others and how our actions impact others. And I think this is, uh, to me, the most important time for us to do that, to, to think about not only, um, you know, how we can contribute to society, how we can contribute to our um, uh, members of the community, but also how we can contribute to um, you know, our communities outside of the different areas that we concentrate on um, in our lives. Um, for me, one of my values is uh, to, um, and, and the reason why I'm here at the Mount um, is because the, um, the mission of our sister, sister St. Joseph of um, loving our dear neighbor is really, resonates with, with my values as a human being and my values as, um, you know, supporting and, and listening to other stories and really um, contributing what I can so um, that uh, others can, um, especially with our students, of course, uh, reach their full potential. Um, so I hope that answered your question. 
Yes, absolutely. And you mentioned loving our dear neighbor. Um, <laughs> I remember we were talking about that during uh, Meet the Candidates um, session for SGA. Uh, it, we're in elections right now. So, um, but they talked, they asked the question about, um, you know, in the next strategic planner and the next kind of branding for our university. Um, they're thinking about changing loving our dear neighbor or uh, showing, um, I think it was something like service to our dear neighbor. I'm trying to remember mm -hmm. what it was, but they're thinking of leaving that out because they didn't want it to seem like, um, they, they didn't want people to feel offended by this. And so I was mm -hmm. like, man, I never, I've never, ever, ever thought of it in an offensive way. Like yeah. when I think of um, loving my neighbor and helping and trying to do what I can for everyone, I think of it as service to where I'm needed. How can I mm -hmm. serve others, serve myself? Um, because it's enriching to serve others. It's enriching for yourself to serve others and um, to, you know, help where you can. And I never look at it as a handout. That's what they said. They see, some people might see mm -hmm. that as a handout. And so, I mean, what's wrong with the handout though? You know, <laughs> I think we've, we've given a negative connotation to this, but really all of us at some point need a helping hands, need a friend, need a neighbor, need someone to step in for us or step up for us. Um, and help us. And I think there's no problem with that, but um, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, and um, the, I think one of the things we're looking at, and, and, and it's, I believe, really, really important is, is the terminology, right, that is being used, because the definitions, I believe, or the meaning is, to me, what's important. If, um, I, I think, you know, Looking at the different areas that I'm responsible for um, and, and the language, since I've been here for 22 years, some of the language may um, be outdated or may be perceived by others um, as, you know, have a negative connotation. So I think that's really important for us to, to listen to and to take in and to um, uh, realize that it's not that we're we, we're questioning the meaning of it, is that maybe the language is something we need to explore that may not fit right now, right? But the meaning is, is still there. The, the value is still there. Um, and I don't think there's anything uh, wrong with looking at uh, terminology and, and asking questions like, you know, is, is this still um, supportive to everyone? Uh, right, because if someone's bringing it up, we have to we have to look at that. We have to pay attention to that. Doesn't mean that it's going to change, but I think it opens the opportunity for dialogue um, and for us to learn from others and from others to learn about why this is the language that was chosen originally. But I I think we're, we should be open to um, changing the language, but not necessarily the meaning. You know? Absolutely, I agree. We should be open. And I don't say what I say um, in disagreements. I say what I said, like in like, oh, this is what I thought. But I definitely see what you mean by um, the language is always important. It's always important how you say something because communication can <laughs> get a little. Words have the same meaning or different meanings. Um, and so when you say outdated, um, you know, it's always good to update, refurbish. Um, try to kind of modernize things that have been around for uh, generations and decades. Mm -hmm. um, and so moving forward in terminology is also very important. So thank you for clarifying that because I was like, man, um, I, I saw, I always understand where people come for, from or try to see where others come from. Um, so when <laughs> I say my beliefs and opinions, it's totally, I think anybody can, you know, believe and think what they want to. Um, it's just, I think I asked for the understanding and I've further gotten that clarification. And so it was, um, well, the way that I had understood it is they were gonna drop this thing completely <laughs> and then change it with something else. Mm -hmm. um, but what you're saying is that it's going, that you, it, you're still keeping this value, but how can you now phrase it or how can you, um, you know, What's the word I'm looking for? I've been losing my words all day. Um, but yeah. how, 
Yeah, go ahead. Zaya. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, you know, uh, having been at the Mount for, I, I think I'm finishing my 22nd year as a professional. Um, for us, it's really important to hear from those that we serve, right? Our students, our faculty, our staff, because um, we have so many different perspectives, ideas, you know, and, and like you mentioned, people look at something and based on their own lens, they may perceive it a certain way. And so for us, it's really, I think, you know, I always find it as an opportunity when someone asks me a question of like, why do we do this? I'm like, wow, what a great opportunity for me to impart some knowledge, uh, maybe some history, but also listen because, you know, we're learning every day. And, and that's the approach that, um, you know, that we have taken and, um, and so um, the approach in terms of, you know, again, what's the value and the meaning, but how can we adjust uh, our, our language, our terminology? Um, uh, so, so yeah, I, I think that's really, um, a really a good conversation that many people should be having. Yes, and it's important to listen. There's one thing to hear someone and there's another thing to listen to someone. So maybe in that moment, I was just hearing the person. <laughs> um, and I really do try my best to listen to, as you said, it's important to listen to people and to listen to um, other perspectives, ideas, and um, different, I like just opinions because it might further your understanding about something. It might give you an understanding. So I, it's always valuable, especially when, thinking about how to serve the greater good, um, mm -hmm. to look at different opinions and to look at everybody's opinion because the greater good isn't just the good for you, it's the good for yeah. everybody. So how can you know the good for everyone if you do not, <laughs> if they don't have the chance to communicate that or freely speak that to you? Um, it, it comes with a lot of compromise when you think about the greater good. Like at this very moment, I want to go to the store and get like, <laughs> you know, all this like candy and stuff like that. And I mean, that's not the greater good for my body. Like my, my mind might want that <laughs> and my like, I'm like craving it, but like my mm -hmm. body wouldn't, that's just a lot of processed things and stuff like that. So um, when you think about society, it's like, oh, I may want to do this, but how would that shape out for everyone else? That's very important to look at for me. Yeah, I really like the way you put that because the greater good, I think, can take a lot of, you know, different, um, it can be looked at differently, right? It could be the greater good for you and your future. It could be the greater good for you and your family. It could be the greater good for you and society. It could be, you know, so I, I, I like the way you, you uh, the examples you gave because that's kind of, you know, following funneling it down, very simple, but I think that we always have to make choices every day in our lives where we have to think, you know, do I want to eat that chocolate bar? <laughs> or do, uh, you know, do I think about like my goals, right? My future, my health. Uh, so, so it's really like opening your mind and thinking broader than just, um, yeah. you know, just that thought or yourself, right? Like, uh, what you want at that moment or how, what you're feeling at that moment. So, so yeah, I really like that example. Simple, but very true. Yes, <laughs> I try to keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so where do you think your passion for social justice comes from? Um, and how do you incorporate this into your leadership now? So I immigrated to the United States. Um, and I was very fortunate uh, during the Reagan era to um, be part of the amnesty uh, program. So, but that wasn't until kind of my teens. Um, so I myself experienced um, some injustice uh, firsthand and, um, and noticed in my community, uh, community that I, uh, lived at um, when I first immigrated to the United States that, uh, you know, and, and it wasn't uh, something that I automatically became aware of, um, but it was more because uh, I think because of my own struggle. And then um, uh, the, at that time, they would put uh, uh, the 
non-Spanish, not non-English or ESL, I guess they would call them English as a second language in a classroom um, as this was an elementary. And so I, you know, I would hear the stories of, of everyone else. And I said, wow, you know, I'm not, I'm not in this situation by myself. I'm not um, experiencing, uh, you know, um, racism or I'm not experiencing um, these challenging things that I'm going through. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of, of people, right? And so um, we had this one particular uh, um, TA, teacher's assistant, who really took an interest in, in um, our goals and, and what we um, wanted to uh, pursue in life, uh, one being learning English. Um, and, uh, you know, took a, a, an interest. This was only a, a teacher's assistant. Um, and, and because of this, uh, of this person, I uh, realized the power of um, having someone that really believed in you and having someone that really um, walked with you, um, not knowing my entire story, but knowing that I uh, had potential and I had struggles and I had goals and I, I had so much to contribute. Um, I was really good in math and, and because math is universal, right? Uh, universal language. And so uh, the interest that this person took uh, on me and the rest of, of those um, in our classroom, um, and, and you know, I, I really, uh, um, thank uh, this person for, for um, you know, giving me the confidence and power and really believing in me. And, and, um, and so I, re I got a lot from, you know, making sure that I, I want to do that. That's when I knew I want to do that for the rest of my life to, um, to support others and to help them um, overcome the obstacles that you know are placed in front of them because we we're all deserving we we're we're, we're all um uh while we're free <laughs> we uh we're you know there's obstacles that are in the way and so i i have been doing that um and i knew that i knew that in elementary that i wanted to to work with um, the underprivileged, I wanted to work with, um, uh, especially, I didn't know I wanted to work with college age students until I was in college. Um, but, uh, but I think that that, that's when I, um, it was because of my experience, uh, that I, um, you know, and, the, and what was gifted to me from, from one human being, particularly, um, to, to then, uh, you know, decide that that was going to be my life's calling. Um, and, and I feel like I do that every day with, with supporting um, and guiding and, and walking with and, and connecting and empowering our students. Um, That's amazing. I know that you mentioned, uh, you just told the, your life story and I could similarly see you know, it's not the same, but I can see the same idea of, you know, when you experience injustice firsthand and when you um, kind of, and sometimes you don't even realize it's injustice until you look back on it and think on it and you're like, wow, there's so many forces that were against me or um, so many that were trying to suppress me, so many that were trying to silence me. Uh, make me feel bad about myself, make me conform to something that I didn't want to do um, for their standards. And so, as you said, it was, it was just, it didn't, it wasn't until I was in high school where I really had those people or where I really had someone to walk with me um, or to have somebody to, you know, say like, hey, like you, Eric, like you would be perfect for this, like do this, you should be in this, you should guide this, you should lead this like, I want you here. Um, it wasn't until I was in high school where I received that, but I noticed so many of my other peers who were like white or just not black who were receiving 
so many other opportunities when I was growing up and getting mm. all of this mentorship and guidance and nurturing from the teacher um, while I received coldness sometimes. And like, no, <laughs> I would notice the teacher would say jokes and laugh and then we'll move on to me and then we'll just stop laughing and be like, oh, do you need anything from me? Or, mm. you know, <laughs> just very, yeah. just those kind of things. And so when you experience that, and I mean, I was an insecure kid I mean, and I had many reasons to be, I was bullied heavily, <laughs> you know, I was just, it wasn't, it, it was a hard time for me. So mm -hmm. when I think back to the work that I do now, or the work that I want to do in the future, I think about people like myself, who are such beautiful lights and beams, who deserve to shine, who deserve to have that, that person or to ha deserve to have someone to lift them up. And I hope to lift people up and give abundance and joy and support to people because I've received so little at some point, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I've been, you know, uh, at some point it literally has felt like a whole class against me um, because I was a new kid and I moved all the way across to, um, you know, Maryland. It just, it's felt isolating. So when you have those experiences and when you have, um, you know, when you've endured that yourself, you want to make it right for other people. Uh, <laughs> that's what I've noticed, or that's how I feel. And that's how oh, yeah. feel as well. It, it's not everybody. It's not everybody. Yeah. As I've said, yes. my mom and I have had this discussion and she was like, you know, as long as it's good for me, it works. But I mean, something can be good for me and it can be okay. And I'm managing on my own. But if I notice if other people are struggling, that just doesn't feel right to me. It just doesn't mm -hmm. sit right in my spirit. It doesn't sit right with me as a human. I just can't stand by and watch as something like it just isn't me that's that's why I think I'm I don't know why I'm passionate about it but as you mentioned like when you experience something yourself that's when you feel like very called and drawn to something I think yeah you put all that so beautifully and um and yes I feel like like you mentioned you know not everyone right but the, the people that that experience so many challenges in their lives. And, and I, every student that I come in contact with, there's this strength, this, this uh, light, there's, um, there's this passion and I see it. You know, I, I see, even if it's just a tiny little um, dot, I see it and, and, uh, and you're right, I feel that many uh, people that have struggled in their lives that um, haven't uh, received the encouragement, haven't been, you know, have the opportunity to tell their story. Um, it, it, it's, you know, it, it takes them uh, longer. I believe, I believe everyone will get there, but um, it, it's what you mentioned in terms of, you know, someone took the interest in you, someone saw something, Actually, no, someone saw what's already inside of you. And so I, um, you know, I do my super best every day when I come in contact with any person that I uh, do that, that I really look at who they are. I really pay, um, you know, attention. I really see them and, um, and, and words are so powerful, right? Uh, so I'm really mindful of the words that are coming out of my mouth, um, especially, you know, I have a lot of nieces and nephews, so I'm very, very mindful um, because a word can um, stay with you for the rest of your life. It can, it can not define you, but it can really, um, I guess, you know, I mean, they're just powerful. So I, you have to be really mindful. I am really, really mindful of my choice of words because, um, because I know, I remember some words that people used with me when I was young. And, and I look at now, wait a minute, I have a doctorate and I have like over 22 years of experience and I have nothing to prove, but those words are still echoing in the back of my mind. So I'm so, so mindful of, uh, uh, and I encourage everyone to be mindful of the, of the choice of words um, that they use. Yes, absolutely. Our brains develop for 25 years. And so 
I mean, we're impressionable beings for those 25 years. And so even though it's something you have nothing to prove, and I agree with you, that's something where I think about, you know, teachers in the past who have said something to me like, you shouldn't do this because I don't think, I, you, you can't read that well, or you can't do that mm -hmm. that well, or this wouldn't work for you. Um, I still in the back of my head still hear those, this wouldn't work for you. You can't do that, you know? It, and I don't think they meant it in a bad way. They just saw that I struggled, but they just didn't choose not to do anything about it. Mm. Um, you know, so now I think when I see, you know, like my younger sibling, um, they were looking for a job and I, they came to me and asked, they were like, I don't know what to do. I don't, I can't, I don't have a, I was like, he was like, what should I go? Where should I go to even, what do I do? He was just very confused. And so, um, excuse me, they were just very confused. And as soon as I stepped in and gave guidance and I was very, you know, okay, do you have a resume? Do you have, you know, this, that, and the third. And like, uh, this is where you go to apply to jobs, apply to anywhere that's near you and uh, just keep trying, et cetera. It wasn't until I like, I feel like I stepped in that they really were like, okay, I can do this. I need to go forward but before he had asked they had asked their other sibling their other sister for help and she just flat out told them like you can't get a job like like <laughs> I'm focused on something else that's yeah so it just takes as you said it takes literally one person one person to tell to tell you that the world is yours you know it mm -hmm. takes one person to really believe in you and say you know, it's, it's not about validation, but it's about reassurance. And sometimes we can't always reassure ourselves. Um, and even though it's important to have self-assurance and to <laughs> be okay with who we are, you know, we need people, we need other people to guide us and to nurture us and to be there for us because we're just, that's, that's just who we are as human beings. Um, so I think it's really important to as you say, words are powerful. You never, I've, I actually said something today where I'm now thinking about it and I'm like, <laughs> after this meeting, I need to go fix this because I'm like, I don't, I know how much it, it hurts people, how words can hurt people, even when it's not meant in a hurtful way, how words can really stick with you. And it, the person who said it probably doesn't even remember they said that to you. <laughs> so it's, I definitely agree with you when I, you say like, I watch my language, I watch my words. And that goes back to our, uh, you know, loving our dear neighbor. We, <laughs> we want to make sure we have the greatest intentions at heart and we mm -hmm. want to deliver that in the best way possible. For me, I want to deliver that, you know, I'm here to support you, show like abundance and, you know, give, give what I can to help, but I'm not always the best communicator. I'm not always the strongest at saying what I want to say. <laughs> I lose words and they just kind of slip out of my head and then I'll remember them later at night. But, <laughs> you know, I'm not the best. I'm not the greatest, but I just try my best for other people. And I do what I think is going to help everyone. I always not, I don't all just look at myself. I look at everybody and put myself with them as well. Um, and there's boundaries to that, but for the most part, you know, that's what I try to do. Yeah, and, and I, you know, one thing that I learned a long time ago, and it's hard for me, <laughs> is that I'm not perfect, right? Um, and I'm going to make mistakes. And so um, I think that, you know, just as human beings, we're, we're gonna say the, the right thing, and sometimes we're gonna say the wrong thing. But, you know, one thing that, that you mentioned uh, was like, wow, you know, I remember something and I have to go and fix it or correct it or address it, right? And I think that's so important. Uh, first is to even be aware, right? Even be aware that uh, we might've said something that, um, you know, we could have uh, used uh, a different language or we, you know, said something to hurt someone or you know we meant to say, say this uh, so we're actually thinking about it probably we should address it and it's okay it's okay to go back and um and, and you know apologize if you need to apologize correct it if you need to correct it uh have a conversation if you need to have a conversation 
I think sometimes um, we we feel like we have to, um, especially if we hold a position, right? If we hold a, a, a position like your um, host and, you know, uh, or I'm the dean and, and we have to have everything perfect and that's not, you know, it's not good role modeling, I, I believe. I think it's, um, as, as human beings, just we're just going to make mistakes um, and, and, uh, and be aware, you know, be very aware. And, and, then, um, and then like you say, I'm going to need to go back and, and take care of or address it or um, have a conversation uh, or bring it up. I think that's really important um, because the, you know, one of the things I think for especially uh, leaders is that we, you know, we're, and, and, you know, being a leader, being in my position, being a woman, I feel like sometimes um, I'm really hard on myself in terms of like, I have to say this and I have to say it perfect. And then at night, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I said that and I it probably sounded really silly. And, and you know, and I, I beat myself up, right? And, and so instead of doing that, I say, okay, I need to learn from it. I need to have the power to address it if I need to. And, um, and then I, I need to, uh, you know, learn from it and do better um, instead of just beating myself up about it. Um, I try to, that's, that's I, I always do the learn and do better portion, but it's the not being hard on yourself version, but like aspect of it where I'm like, ah. Oh geez, why would I say this? Like, you should know better by now. I, tr I try not to be too hard on myself because um, that really does affect the way that you love yourself. I used to very much self-deprecate and not think highly of myself. And I would say things to myself that would affirm those things that I was saying mm -hmm. about me. So I now try to be easy and I talk to myself as if I'm my own friends um because I would never that. say those words to the people that I loved and so that really does help with your love and development but it's still hard when you've done that like that's something that I've done since I was like six like it's something that was I was taught and that has been inside of me so now as I try to be like okay don't be too hard on yourself let it go there's still like that little piece of me like but you messed up. You did <laughs> this. You soiled it. Like you know telling me that I failed but it's like okay I made a mistake try to do better but you're doing your best do what you can so even though um this thing was negative I try to follow with two positives or <laughs> try to do something more positive than the negative uh to help my mindset because we're only human we do not know everything we are not perfect um, I mess up so often that this, at this point I'm used to it, but it's like, I just don't want to, I, I want to push out greatness to the world. I want to give back and give great to others. And so when I don't, when I'm not always great or why I don't always show up in good ways, or when I say something where I want to put my fist in my mouth, um, I try to address it and I try to say like, you know, my apologies, or I try to, you know, own up and take accountability for my actions and then see where I can, you know, adjust and be better um, for other people and for myself, because you don't want to be the person that, you know, is, you know, ru ruins it for everybody. We, I think we've all worked with like a person where they are just the absolute worst, where you're like, God, I hope no one ever has to work with you, but I work with you, so I'm going to have to make this work. <laughs> um, you know, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the person on the team that, you know, doesn't hold up their portion or doesn't hold up their pillar. It doesn't reinforce the team. And so therefore we, <laughs> we lack in some way. Mm -hmm. I never want to be that person in any facet of life. This is business. This is school. This is um, personal. Um, I always want to be, you know, showing and showing up in the ways and in my role as a friend, as a daughter, as, um, you know, a cousin, as a student, as a student worker. <laughs> um, I have to show up in all these different ways. And so, I mean, I'm not always going to miss hit the mark. I'm going to miss it a few times, actually, <laughs> or overexert it or underexert it. And so if 
I mean, if I sit around and beat myself, like be like just very negative about myself, be like hard on myself saying you did this wrong, you did this wrong. That's not helpful to my growth or development. What's Mm -hmm. helpful is, okay, what can you do next time? Yes, you did this wrong, but what's the next step and how can you better this or how can you fix it? And what can you do to make sure that you feel okay with this morally and you're all right with what you're giving out? So it's, it's really important. Yeah, and you mentioned the word accountability and I, I think that sums it all up. It's making sure, you know, in, in every, every area in your life, right? Because we, we just don't have one role. We have many roles. And, um, you know, accountability is, is something that is, um, uh, uh, a, a very important trait for a leader. Um, and just, I believe, you know, for, for, um, for us to contribute to, uh, to uh, society, to a better world is to be accountable, you know, because we have the power of, of uh, you know, making sure that if we know what we said, we know what we meant, we know what we didn't do, we know what we should have done. And so, um, so, so that, it, you know, always, always um, being accountable for your own thoughts, actions, for, you know, um, I think that if we all did that, um, we would, uh, you know, all uh, be contributing to um, just, I think, a better world. Exactly. And this leads up to my next question. This is a great setup because um, my question is, how do we live for the greater good of our society? Like, how can we do that? Like, you can be concerned, but (laughs) there's actions that you can take um, to be able to do this, I think. Um, So I just wanted to hear what you have to say. Yes. And uh, for me, you know, especially in this time um, where everyone is so busy, I think you could really be like absorbed by what's around you, right? And the challenges that are around you. But I really feel that it's super important for you to stay informed, right? What is happening? What is happening in the world? What is happening, uh, you know, outside of your own little bubble, I would say. Um, Because the, you know, not, not just in, in your family, not just in your place of work, not just in you know uh, your county, not just in your state, not just in your you know um, in the United States. Like, what is happening, uh, and how do you connect all of these things that are happening? In you know, um, for you to because I think being informed, awareness is really important. It's really easy for you to. Um, get absorbed by the busyness of your life and feel like the problems that are so close to you are, are the most important or the only thing that's going on. And, um, and I, so, so to me, uh, being informed, you know, whatever that, because it means different for people, but, you know, whether it's to watch the news, to have conversations with others, um, to go outside your circle, right? Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, what are the stories um, that people are experiencing? Uh, it, what's happening in, in society? Um, I think that, you know, that is, is really important uh, for us to, well, at least for me, um, so that I can then, uh, you know, decide what, um, what can be my contributions uh, and there's many, many forms, right? Uh, in terms of just the other day, I participated on a conversation for, because um, I work with, with former foster youth uh, here at the Mount and um, you know, working with legislation in, in terms of um, the possibility of passing a bill where uh, former foster youth will receive additional um, call grant to support um, the, uh, you know, the, the challenges that they face, not having family support uh, and, and so on. And so, um, you know, 
I don't have experience with that in my own area, but knowing what is out there, I, I wouldn't have known that that's a bill that that's out there uh, if I if I didn't um, connect with um, uh, John Burton, um, who is working with legislation, and so so to me, it, it being informed is really important. Um, and what was the second part of that question? Um, I think it was just uh, how do we live for the greater good of our society, which I mean, I absolutely love your answer. Uh, I think that was the most my most favorite answer of all time of this whole entire podcast. Um, oh, thank you. Like, honestly, that was such a powerful answer because it's the truth. And that's something that I try to do myself um, is stay informed, not just in our own country, but in other countries. Like I follow mm -hmm. Bolivian politics and, <laughs> you know, in politics, all, I mean, across all the continents, because I mean, it's important to see what's happening in this world mm -hmm. everywhere. And, and as you've said, you wouldn't have known this was a, that was a thing until you searched it up and you wouldn't have been able to provide your skills or your, your work uh, to this, to this amazing, I mean, amazing, amazing bill, I think, and something that should be done. <laughs> um, as you say, staying informed really does help you to continue to do the work for other people. And you can also spread the word. I mean, mm -hmm. you can give other, you can give knowledge to other people about what's going on. Um, and to fully be able to educate other people and give to that cause. Like, I remember the NSARS movement. That was something that finally Americans realized was a movement. Um, it was it, it was SARS is a police uh, kind of regimen in Nigeria that was known for historically abusing their powers um, and just being really hurting the community more than they helped the community. And so they've had these protests similar to the Black Lives Matter protests in our um, country uh, about Black lives who have been brutalized by SARS. And so I would never have known that or never have understood that if it wasn't for other people looking at this, passing that information on to me. And then my people wouldn't have known this without me passing it on to them. Like my mom, yeah. I told her about it. My dad, I told him about it. My friends already knew about it, but we talked and we communicated like, oh, how can we help and it gave us the understanding that when we think of the Black Lives Matter movement it's not just Black American lives it's all Black lives and so yes. that was something that we had already been aware of but I don't think that was discussed in conversation of Black Lives Matter quite mm -hmm. yet and so now that <laughs> now that's in discussion and now that's something people talk about everywhere um so it's just it's always good to stay informed and um would you I think if there is a second part of this question, um, you know, would you agree that we live in sort of an individualistic society? And like, if so, like, how do we expand the idea of collectivism or expand the mm -hmm. idea of not just living for ourselves, but living for ourselves and each other? If you are just live for yourself, how do you do it with everybody else in mind too? Wow, <laughs> I, I do. I believe I mentioned, you know, that we earlier that we um, we are uh, because of everything that's going on, and you know, in, in the world. Um, and I guess you know, I, I'm, I'm talking about uh, right now, and you know, me and all that stuff. It's really easy for us to just be thinking about our challenges and thinking about what we're going through and thinking about what we want and thinking about what we're not getting, right? And, and, and that I believe is a recipe for um, us to uh, just uh, suffer uh, by ourselves, right? Um, and, uh, I think when, when I've had conversations with people and even my own early thinking, I always felt like 
wow, you know, thinking about it broader than that just seems so overwhelming. And, and you don't have to think about it, you know, as in like the world. That's our main goal, right? But think about it as um, the, you know, the circles around you, right? Start that small in terms of saying, okay, well, I feel this way right now, but how do what I feel, what I plan to do, what I plan to say gonna impact others, right? You, you kind of come out of yourself. And, um, and so you start small. And, and that's how I've worked with others is, you know, start small. Think about not just, you know, yeah, okay, you, what you think, what you want is important, but then let, let's look at the second layer, right? Second layer might be your immediate family. Uh, okay, so you know, let's let's have conversation because the what you learn from having that conversation, you, you can apply then to the third layer, and then you can apply it to the fourth layer, and then you can apply it to, you know, um, because if what I have noticed with my own learn my own self, and also with uh, especially um, uh, young adults, is if that you know if you go from thinking about self to thinking about the entire society, it becomes overwhelming that it almost paralyzes them. So, um, so what I have found that worked for me and what I have found that worked for my you know, family and those uh, you know, the young adults that I work with is to think about um, moving away from or thinking also like, okay, it's not, I'm just not the only person in this world, there's others. And so how do, how do my actions, my words, um, you know, how, how's uh, the second layer, right? I, I call it layers. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, and then moving that direction, um, what's important to you? You know, what's every, something everyone has causes and, you know, like you asked me about my life and, and, and what led me to have uh, passion for social justice or passion for, you know, uh, the work that I do. And, and so um, I feel like, you know, having those conversations um, with with others, and and uh, you know, because we all have uh, passions and interests, um, but but I I have found that it's not, um, and for me, you know, I work with young adults, um, so so thinking, you know, about about impacting the greater good um, in in smaller. Um, steps, I guess. Uh, and of course, and that the whole picture as well um, has, uh, has uh, really um, resonated with, with especially the groups that I work with. I love the point that you made by starting off small, <laughs> because even now, as I told you, as I, I read politics everywhere, and I read like certain things that are happening in, in countries that aren't as developed, as the US, even though the US is not <laughs> a high horse, but we are a first world country. Um, and so, I mean, it's it's overwhelming now. It becomes overwhelming when you know that there's so much suffering and pain and a lot that you cannot touch, you know, that, you, that your reach may not be able to reach to right now. Um, but it's like, what can you do as yourself and the situation that you're in now where you're at in life, what can you do in your own, you know, spaces to build a difference or to think of the greater good or to find, you know, commonalities with people? How can you start within yourself today? Um, and I think so many people don't understand we already have so many ways that we can think of the common good. Like we can think of the common good when we're in the classroom um, and students have questions <laughs> um, and, you know, we can, you can be patient as students ask their questions and um, think about the greater good of, oh, we should pause the class and make sure that everybody understands this and not just myself. Mm -hmm. Even something as small as that is beginning to think about the great, uh, greater good or beginning to expand the idea of it's not just me. It's not all about you. I think <laughs> I have, there's someone who calls me very entitled, but I really don't think I'm entitled. I think when it comes to I'm selfish when it matters, However, I believe that I, I want to make sure that everyone is good, not just me. I want to, as for example, 
I have a class right now where there's a teacher who who really does bully students and critique their work in a way that I just don't think it's really helpful. Mm-hmm. I don't take it. I stick up for myself. I ask them to follow up like what they mean by when they say this statement. And I mean, I want, as you said, accountability, I make them accountable for their words that they've said to me because I want to understand. However, not everyone is like that. And so I see this person say these harsh and harmful mean words that can be kind of, I mean, demeaning in a way and and really um, just, it makes you feel bad about yourself Um, because I've had words said to me like that and I, I'm not as sure as myself as I am now. I, I was not as sure as myself. And so I know that there are some people who have that same or who do not have that same kind of way of, you know, making someone accountable for what they say to you, saying, mm-hmm. you've said this really mean thing to me right now. What do you mean by that? <laughs> you know, um, not everyone has that. And so when I see other people Um, going through that and this person saying these disparaging comments and all that type of stuff it really does get to me because even though it's not me and I don't let it get to me and I stand my ground if other people can't stand their ground this person still gets away with treating others like that and Mm -hmm. still gets away with um, putting other people down to make themselves feel better about themselves honestly or they were kicked in the mud now they're going to kick somebody else in the mud too because they had it that's what it seems like that is um, at the at this moment. But I just don't, I, I talked to my mom about it and I was like, man, I just don't feel right. I want to stick up for people. But she's like, well, you're sticking up for yourself. That's what matters. But I'm like, but this person is still being awful to people, to yeah. other people. That just, it's, <laughs> I, I, I'm such like a collectivist type of <laughs> person because I really want all everyone to be okay genuinely and I want everyone to feel like they have a space that they are included in this space and that they are valued in this space um and so when I think about that I uh how do we expand that it's it's already so far from me that I just touch what I can and then I still look towards what I, I want to do but I also am like okay what can I do now and so that's just super great that you're saying like start small start group by group start in your circles um and then see where that takes you as well yeah yeah and I really um I really love what you said about accountability and you know it's so important for everyone to know that we have a responsibility to be accountable but we also have a right to hold others accountable and you know if we all did that if we all were accountable for our own actions and we held every and we you know held everyone else accountable can you imagine what kind of world we would live in um so so continue to do what you're doing because there's a voice um that is not being heard and and you know uh you may be providing courage uh or the voice that others um you know are not able to express at that moment Exactly. I think it's important. I hope when my other peers see me do that and bite back, it gives them some type of like, like, I think they, yeah, it was just a really, it was, I was like, wow, like you were really a bully. You're bullying people, I Mm. think. And I mean, when I just, I just cannot stay silent. That's something that that has been my whole life is I've, I've stayed silent, but it's hurt me. Yeah. And so now I don't hurt myself. I don't try to be like, make someone, I don't, I just, I'm going to speak up. I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to say what I feel and I'm going to say it in a nice way and in a way that's not mean and in a way that's, that I think people can receive it and <laughs> understand where I'm coming from. But I mean, it's, it's all about trying to see the best for the world. And as you said, what if we held other people accountable for the things that they've said or the things that they've done? We would, Mm -hmm. we would be in a completely different world. We really would, I think. Um, And I I just wish that I could do more, but I'm doing my best. And that's another thing when we talk about expanding our ideas of um, collectivism or, you know, you see all these things and it's overwhelming, you know, you have to do your best. You have to do what you can do in the moment and whatever that is, 
that's just as important, even if it's not as big as you want it to be or on this, uh, this larger scale, um, mm-hmm. small contributions and small things lead up to big ones. Small wins lead to big victories. Um, a war isn't just one in a battle, it's multiple battles. And you win some, you lose some, but ultimately somebody wins. <laughs> um, so I, I just believe that I, I try to really expand, help people also see where I'm coming from and see when I say, I want to create spaces for other people where I don't have to think about this. I don't have to think about, you know, say for example, there was a person that gave another young adult a recommendation, but upon this recommendation, the person would have to cut their dreads off because the person recommending them just didn't want them to have dreadlocks. Uh, and that's a specific hairstyle that in the past and in um, generations previous has not been deemed as professional, has been deemed as like unsent, like all these things and negative stereotypes and tropes. Um, when it's really a way to protect your hair, it's a way to continue to grow your hair, make sure it's healthy, et cetera. And it, I mean, it looks professional. We don't comment when other people have their hair long, such as, I mean, it's just, it's a lot in there. It was a lot for me. And so this person unfortunately ended up taking their life because they felt mm. like it was just a, it was just something that was, it was really bad for them because they needed this recommendation, but their hair meant a lot to them. And so as a person, as a person of color, a black person told him to do that. And so I imagine me as a black person, I imagine myself as a black woman who have black men in my family who have grown dreads before or who have started small and how much they've cared about them, no matter at what stage they were at or how mm-hmm. they looked, they cared about this. And so I, as a black person, would never, ever, ever ask, cut your hair if I'm going to, or do your hair this way if I'm, it's my recommendation. And then once you get into there, you can grow it back and do whatever you want. But, you know, you know, try to impress, like, I just, I personally think that was not right. And another opinion defers for me and says, oh, it was every right because it's his recommendation. But if you're going to make a way for people, make a way for people. Don't put these same stipulations that you have and push it on other people. Let the people's work ethic and what they do speak for itself. Um, and so that's something that I, in the future, if I ever have the opportunity to put people on their image and how they look and what they do with their hair, what they do with their bodies, that doesn't speak for the person that they are. Um, and so these like professionality, like these politics around what's professional um, and where that comes from, which is, you know, colonization and white supremacy. And ultimately, if we, that's a whole different conversation, but I'm not going to continue to uphold that when I know I can personally make a difference. And I know that it will greater benefit everybody if we allow and accept these um, ideas that were not perceived as norms and are thought of as like weird or like, you know, unchristian or, you Mm -hmm. know, piercings and all that type of stuff. Do you, and that's okay. But I just, I look at that, I look at this example now and I think about how, if you're gonna make a way, you make a way. You know, that's what's important. And that's what, that's why I try to push on people like, or not push on people, but communicate that like, you have to think about everybody, not just yourself. You have to think about what that person is going through and why something means something to them. That Mm -hmm. person really did care about their dreads so much to the point and you don't know where they were mentally at <laughs> anyway <laughs> you know you don't you never know where people are at mentally spiritually physically in their life to be pushing out these ideas and as you said before we get absorbed and we think we have to go through things alone <laughs> like everybody's going through it but no one's talking about it so i'm just going to do it by myself mm-hmm. and stay in my own world but if you're going to expand your world to people really expand it don't just put don't put these, I, these, as I said, stipulations on helping somebody. Um, and so that's the argument that, my mom, not argument, but the discussion that my mom and I were having. And as we talk about servicing um, the greater good and community, I mean, it's about making a way for people and being a way maker and not, and not being another boulder in this pathway mm-hmm. or in this journey that they've already gone so far on and they're tired and they don't have any more that they can give to them 
that's when you step in and say, I'm a boat. Here's a car. Here's a horse. <laughs> let me walk you to, let me take you the rest of the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, that's just where I come from. And that's my ideas, I think. Yeah, I, I, I love all that. And, and I really believe that in order for us to, to part of the way, you know, part of, of what, how we get there is to truly listen and be interested in the person's story, right? What do you care about? What do you value? I think in this busy time in life of saying like, hey, how are you doing when we really don't mean to ask that or um you know when when someone asks you a question you you provide an answer based on your own experience instead of really looking at the person and really asking questions about what do you care what do you value right that takes time and and so um that is so important so so important uh it was you know is what i remember when someone you know took um, interest in really hearing my story, really asking me questions, really spending time with like sitting with me, even though, you know, um, uh, I was very shy and, um, and I think I speak more now than I probably did when I was in my teens. Um, but, you know, someone took, took an interest in listening to my story. And I believe that is the reason why I'm here today. And so if we all did that, if we all, when someone asked us a question or someone came to us that is broken, if we just sat with them until they were ready to share their truth, I think that, you know, that's how we can continue contributing to the greater good. Um, instead of, you know, for me, I'm very mindful of my years of experience and my own personal experience, that that's not the experience of a Mount St. Mary's, you know, first generation, uh, you know, student sitting in front of me that that I have something to share but their experience is their experience and I need to be very mindful of what do they need and um and so you know you you put it so well but I just wanted to to add that thank you thank you thank you and believe it or not we're actually at an hour um, oh my goodness yes and so um I, I want to ask this question though, because I think that this one's really important. And so um, what is your goal for the future of student life on campus? And what can we do as a community to help you with this goal? Uh, my goal is that every single student, regardless of their background, regardless of their social economic status, regardless of um, you know what they identify, regardless that that we have uh, you know that that we have resources, we have connections, we have um, you know everyone is receiving the same support. Obviously, undocumented students are not able to receive um, certain. Uh, financial support from from the government. Um, you know, I want to. I, I, my my dream world is that that's not an issue. That um, you know that everyone is receiving the, the care and support. That if a student comes and they don't have uh, you know insurance, that every single student will have um, uh, insurance and will be able to receive the care and support that we will have unlimited resources, right? We have a certain amount of counseling and psychological sessions, but some of our students need more than the sessions we offer that we would be able to provide that or resources off campus that, um, you know, would supplement that. And so there's no uh, um, pause in the services that they provide. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think it's fine for us to dream of a perfect world because we have to aim high in order for us to be able to um, not be complacent and not feel like, you know what, um, we're helping as many students as I can. Like, I try my best not to say that because then that means that I'm leaving some students behind and my goal is to leave no one behind. Um, so I dream of a perfect world where everything and everyone receives 
everything that they need um, and is cared for and valued. And that's what I aim for every day. That's beautiful. And I mean, I think I share that same sentiment of I, I just, you know, I, I also think of that perfect world. And then there's people who are older than me who was like, I thought of that perfect world too. And look now, you know, it's very, <laughs> they think it's like, it's, it's very discouraging. But if we, if you and I both envision this world, there's no reason why we can't make it that world for the people who are around us and those who we serve. Um, and so that's very, very important. Um, but with that said, I'm going to wrap things up. I know that you're a very, very busy person. So thank you again, um, Dean Crow, for being my guest today and for being here and um, taking the time to speak to us about the importance, the value, and I mean, just why we think about the greater good. Um, and for our next episode, uh, we will be talking about professional development um, during COVID. Um, but Remember, um, the takeaway from this episode is that there is value to looking at the greater good of our world um, and ensuring, ensuring an equitable future. Um, so thank you again for listening into Uncommon Women for an Uncommon Time. Sign y'all. Let me end the recording, but it's not.